0: Hi right, guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show tonight to tickle our funny bone, Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis, with John Brown as Al, and Life Erickson as Richard Rylander. in the CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma. My Friend Irma was created by Cy Howard, and appeared on the CBS Radio Network from nineteen forty seven to nineteen fifty two before becoming a sitcom on the television in the early nineteen fifties. In this first episode, Jane and Irma meet for the very first time. Jane is walking through the city of New York one day when she accidentally bumps into a very beautiful but very naive young blonde named Irma Peterson. Irma tells Jane about a variety of different things that to some people doesn't make very much sense. And Jane thinks to herself, I don't want a roommate with this person, but desperate times call for desperate measures. And one day, her and Irma are sitting in their living room talking to each other when the phone rings. Irma's boyfriend, Al, is on the other line. After Irma speaks to Al, Jane goes to take a shower. Then her boss slash boyfriend, Richard Rylander III, calls. And asked to speak to Jane. Irma has a great idea of inviting Richard Rylander over for a dinner party, and Al has decided to invite himself over as well. In this second episode, Jane and Irma lose their jobs. Jane works as Richard Rylander III's secretary, and Irma Peterson works for a lawyer named Mr. Clyde played by Alan Reed Mr. Clyde is a very busy lawyer in the city of New York but unfortunately has to fire Irma for misrepresentation of two of his clients Irma thinks she'll be well off because Jane works for Richard Rylander III but unbeknownst to Irma and Jane one gets fired from her job and the other one quits her job so later on in the show Irma and Al have a great idea of calling Richard Rylander the second Richard Rylander the third's father and speaking to him about Jane coming back to work unfortunately it doesn't work out I hope you guys enjoy Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis with John Brown as Al and Ly Erickson as Richard in the CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma. Please comment and subscribe guys and enjoy the show. Thanks.
1: Columbia Broadcasting System presents a new comedy.
2: My friend Irma,
1: starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane, with John Brown as Al. Friendship, friendship,
3: just a perfect
4: friendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs
2: will still be hot. La la la. Sure, it's something to sing about. And they can sing about it maybe because they haven't any friends. But I'm singing the blues about it because I've got a friend, my friend Irma. Now, don't get me wrong. I love that girl. Most people do. It's just that Mother Nature gave some girls brains, intelligence, cleverness. But with Irma, well, Mother Nature slipped her a mickey. I will never forget the first time I met her. I was walking along looking for a place to live in New York, and by a strange coincidence, I am having a very tough time. And I keep bumping into people, and I keep saying, I beg your pardon. Excuse me. Excuse me until... Oh, oh, excuse me. I just never look where I'm going. I just keep walking with my head high, just like the doctor told me in taking d- deep breaths, inhaling and exhaling like this. And I keep counting to myself, one, two, three... Look, miss, will you stop counting long enough to help me up? Oh, of course. You must be uncomfortable on your knees. Oh. (laughs) Oh, no, not at all, honey. I'd love it down here if I was Al Jolson. (laughs) Did you see that picture, the Jolson story? I just loved it. I cried and cried. Fine, fine. Now, would you please help me up? Oh, certainly. Here, give me your hand. Oh, my, what a beautiful ring You know, my my boyfriend, Al, he was going to get me one just like that We had it all picked out, only you know what happened? It wouldn't fit your nose <laughs> Well, it wasn't for my nose, it was for my finger It wouldn't fit my nose I wish it had, I could have pulled myself up <laughs> oh, oh, you want to get up, don't you? Yeah, yes, if you please, I can't make much time crawling I can't either, I always walk Well, uh, here we go <laughs> Up to the daisy. Oh, careful, your dress. Oh, we ripped it, didn't we?
3: (laughs) Yes, we did.
2: Uh, But you know something? They're wearing split skirts in New York this year. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but not all the way up to the neck. (laughs) Hey, uh, we haven't been introduced yet. My name's Irma. What's yours? Goodbye. Oh, what an unusual name. What's your last name? Forever. That's a pretty name, Miss Goodbye Forever. Oh, Irma. That's when I should have run, but I didn't. Apartments are too hard to find these days, and Irma, bless her heart, is really a sweet kid. So I moved in with her in that one room furnished freight elevator she called home. <laughs> Jane, the telephone's ringing. Jane, the telephone's ringing. Aren't you going to answer it? I don't know if it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, take a chance. Take a chance. It's not your nickel. Hello? I mean, hello? Uh, yeah, she's here. Jane, it's for me. Irma? Irma? <laughs> You know, if Marconi knew that you were going to use the telephone, he never would have invented it. Oh, Jane, I'm surprised at you. <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, not Marconi. You see, I'm beginning to think like you. <laughs> Everybody knows that Marconi invented spaghetti. <laughs> Irma, the telephone. Oh, hello? Al? Jane, it's Al. Well, what are you waiting for? Run down to the police station with the bail. Don't be silly. He's not in jail. Hello, Al? Eh? I. Oh. You? That's enough for the vowels, Irma. Now try the consonants. Okay, Al. Goodbye. Jane, Al's coming over. Oh, honey. Why do you have to spoil our Sunday by having that jobless, phony windbag of an Al over?
3: Jane...
2: Yes? What's your opinion of Al?
3: <laughs>
2: I like him. I think he's a live wire, and it's just a matter of time before they hook him up and put a chair under him. <laughs>
3: oh, Jake.
2: I wish you wouldn't pick on Al, because someday I hope to be Mrs. Al. Oh, sweetie. Oh, sweetie, look, I didn't mean it. Now, stop sniffling. You'll ruin your pretty face with your mascara. Come on. But I love Al. Yeah, I know you do, Irma. That's the reason I'm hard on him. I want to be sure that the guy who gets my little Irma's heart's got a big enough heart to match it. Gee, thanks, Jane. <laughs> Gee, wouldn't it be wonderful if I married Al and you could... Uh, and we could have a double wedding? A double wedding? How do you figure that? It would be if you married Richard Rhinelander the <laughs> third. That was my blood pressure rising. She would mention his name. You see, Richard Rhinelander III is my boss, and I'm his private secretary. I'm in love with him, but I have no chance to marry him because he's Richard Rhinelander III, and I'm Jane Stacy I. Oh, I've tried everything to impress him. I even told him I lived in a very intellectual atmosphere and that my roommate is a promising young novelist. Oh, Stacy, you fool, you. If he ever finds out how you live and what a mental midget Irma really is, you must end up (laughs) right between the eight, nine, and ten ball. Gee, I'd love to marry him. Irma... Wouldn't it be wonderful if I wound up being Mrs. Richard Rhinelander the third? The third? What good is that if he has two other wives? <laughs> you know, I won't even stop to answer that one. Gee, I, I couldn't marry a wealthy man and have to go to the opera. I don't know a thing about Shakespeare.
3: <laughs>
2: Honey, with five million dollars, all you've got to know about Shakespeare is that he's dead and you're alive. <laughs> Well, let's forget Mr. Rhinelander. I'll never marry him because there's a difference in family. His ancestors were Mayflower people. Gee, they made all that money out of
3: donuts?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Irma, if you say another word to me, I'll scream. Well, if you do, you'll wake up Professor Kropotkin, the violinist, downstairs, and he needs sleep. Irma, I'm going to take a bath. Well, Jane, don't use all the hot water. Uh, This is the day we wash your dishes. (laughs) Hello, uh, who did you want to talk to? Jane? Who's this? Oh, Mr. Richard Uh Well, Jane's busy. Do you want to hang on for about twenty minutes?
3: <laughs>
2: yes, this is Irma, her roommate. How's my book? Oh, I finished it and I'm starting another. <laughs> Hard on me. No, you know those giant comics are mostly pictures. <laughs> Oh, I'd like to meet you, too, Mr. Ryanlander. See, I've got an idea. Why don't you dash over for dinner tonight? Huh? Oh, it's no bother. Oh, we'd love to have you. And, uh, by the way, if it's not inconvenient, uh, ask your mother to bake us some donuts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: huh?
2: Oh, remember, see you at 7.30, and don't bother to dress. It's strictly au gratin. <laughs> <laughs> now, who could that be? Come uh, Come in.
5: Hi, chicken. How are you?
2: Hello, Al, honey. Gee, I'm glad you came over.
5: I didn't think I could make it. Took time off from three deals that were just simmering. Dying to burst into flame. Stuff like stucco bathtubs. Scratch while you
2: bathe. <laughs> Tremendous projects. Oh, Al, you're always talking business.
5: Gotta be on my toes, honey, if you and I ever expect to settle down in that cozy little 30-room cottage.
2: Gee, Al, I'd just love to hear you talk like that. Come over here a minute, honey, and look in my eyes. What do you see? Murine. (laughs) Al, there's
5: another great moneymaker. Wish I'd thought of that.
2: Al, I know how ambitious you are, but can't you forget business and be a little more romantic?
5: Well, I'd love to, kid, but in order to give you the good things in life, I gotta start thinking about this big deal I got brewing.
2: Oh, gee, Al, if your deal comes through, maybe you and I could settle down on a little ranch. I can see it now. The egg and Irma. <laughs> Hi,
5: Janie. What's Uh-oh. the good word?
2: Jane, Al's got a big deal on it. And
5: what a deal. I just happened to line up no less than $100,000 worth of surplus army goods.
2: Gee, Al, what kind of surplus are you going to sell?
5: Rip Rip cords. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is a big deal. I got a pajama manufacturer lined up to take the whole lot of it. I even got an advertising gimmick with these ripcords. Listen to this. You get up in the morning and bail out of your pajamas. You like it, Jane?
2: I don't know how I ever lived this
5: long without it. And, and that ain't all. This is a big promotion. You take a two-page ad in life showing a picture of a beautiful girl ready to retire. And underneath the caption... Hit the silk. Yeah, how'd you know? It figures
2: I think it's wonderful Uh, what do you think, Jane? You know the whole thing has tired me out I'm going back and take another shower
5: You see, chicken, I'm a beaten man Jane doesn't believe in me
2: Well, that's not true, Jane likes you, Al She always takes two showers on Sunday
5: I see One for herself and one for those dirty looks she gives me
2: Besides, Al, once you get to know Jane, you'll realize that her bark is worse than her tree.
5: You know, honey, I wouldn't say this to anybody else, but things are going so badly for me lately that I may be forced to do something desperate. Al, you're going to get a job? Irma, watch your language.
2: I'm sorry, Al, I only get A thought...
5: job? Irma, supposing a man like me would consent to go to work, say, for a bank at a small start and salary of $500 a week, Naturally, somebody like me moves fast. At the end of a year, I'm making 1000 a week as a second vice president. In two years, I'm making 2000 a week as a first vice president. In ten years' time, I'm president of the bank and I got $100,000. Where do I go from there? I'm in a rut. But, Al... Well, Irma, I'm in a rut now, and it didn't take me ten years to get there. <laughs> so you see how foolish it would be for me to get a job. You understand, kid?
2: It's clear to me, Al... It is? <laughs>
5: well, I'm glad. You're a great girl and you deserve the best.
2: But I don't want the best. I want you, Al. <laughs>
3: you
5: know, the breaks have always been against me. It'd be different if I wasn't a practical man. But my ideals are so sound. It's all a question of the breaks.
2: Gee, Al, I wish there was something I could do to help you.
5: Thanks, chicken. But a guy like me with my ideas has got to mix with the right people. If I could only meet a man who's a millionaire.
2: Well, Al, suppose you met a millionaire who's got money
5: besides. (laughs) Alma, what do you mean?
2: Well, Al, I'm throwing a dinner party tonight. Dinner party? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I've invited Jane's boss over. You know, the millionaire Richard Rhinelander III?
5: Richard Rhinelander III?
2: Yeah, she's crazy about him, and I thought an intimate gathering would bring them together socially, and financially it would bring the two of you together. So why don't you just surprise us and drop over casually after dinner and bring your ideas?
5: The millionaire Richard Rhinelander III. You know, Alma, if a guy like me with my ideas could meet a millionaire like Jane's boss, it'd be a natural combination.
2: Oh, wonderful, Al. It'll be perfect. I can kill you and Jane with one stone.
5: <laughs> but, uh, won't Jane mind my coming?
2: No, it's a surprise party. He doesn't even know Richard Rhinelander's coming.
5: <laughs> Thanks, baby. You're a genius. I'll be
2: there. Oh, before you go, Al, uh, haven't you forgotten something?
5: Huh? Oh, yeah. What time does Rhinelander get here?
2: Hermes, <laughs> Al left...
5: You? Oh. Just leave her now. So long, ladies. See you later.
2: Uh, honey, be careful going home. There's a crime wave on. Yeah, Al, keep your hat turned down. You don't want to get picked up. Ha
5: ha ha! You fracture me. So long, chicken. See you later. We're having a dinner party.
2: Yes, I've invited your boss, Richard Ronlander, to dinner tonight. You invited my boss to dinner tonight? Here. Irma, how could you? It was simple. He called up and asked to talk to you, and you were busy, so I invited him. Oh, no. This is all a dream. And after dinner, Al's going to drop over, and if Professor Kropotkin comes up, it'll be a wonderful party. Oh, no. This is a nightmare. Give me that phone. Maybe it's not too late to stop him. Oh, dear. Hello? Hello. Is Mr. Rhinelander there? He's not. Well, could you please tell me where he went? He left to go to a dinner party at a Miss Jane Stacy's. Thank you. Jane, Jane, what are you doing? Nothing. Just writing a suicide note.
1: And now the sportsman with a Ludd Gluskin and his orchestra and their own special arrangement of. Good night, ladies. Good night,
4: ladies. Good night, ladies. We're going to leave you now. Merrily we roll along, roll
3: along, roll along, merrily we roll
4: along, o'er the deep
3: blue sea, o'er the deep blue sea, farewell, ladies. Goodbye. Good night. to Farewell, ladies. Goodbye. Good night. to
4: ( ейouNEY) Merrily we roll along, roll along, roll along, merrily we roll along o'er the deep. Merrily we
3: roll along, roll along, roll along, merrily we roll along o'er the Merrily we roll along, roll along, roll along, merrily we roll along or the deep sea.
2: Richard Rhinelander III is coming to dinner. Now I'm really trapped because I told him that I lived in an artistic neighborhood and that my roommate was a budding novelist. How could I justify having him sit around with that, that scintillating duo of conversationalists, Irma and Al? Mr. Rheinlander is expecting an evening based on table talk a la information, please. What he's going to get is people are funny or it pays to be ignorant. <laughs> Well, finally, 7.30 rolled around. The bottle of martinis was catching a chill in the icebox and I was running a fever in the living room. Richard would be arriving at any minute and Irma wasn't ready. Irma, sweetie, it's 7.30. Uh, I know, Jane. I'm just getting into my dress. How do you like it? Don't you think you ought to get a little further into it? (laughs) Al likes this dress. Al would, but Mr. Rhinelander wouldn't. Now, come on, huh? You've got just time to waltz this broom around a few times. Okay. Irma, huh? No, no, don't sweep the dirt under the rug. The man downstairs has been complaining. Complaining? Yeah, you know, that hole in the floor. Jane, I have a wonderful idea. Why don't we take the rug off, and then with a hole in the ceiling, we'll have cross ventilation? Oh. <laughs> Irma, I'm so nervous. Well, don't worry. I'll handle everything. Uh, haven't you confidence in me? Well, certainly I have. Well, then why are you shaking? I always shake like this before I have a nervous breakdown.
3: <laughs> now,
2: now, Irma, let, let's not be nervous, huh? Let's, let's just take it easy. Uh, now, let's see. First, we, uh, we serve the martinis, and then... Uh... I, don't, I don't have to drink a martini, do I, Jane? What's that got to do with it? I'd rather have milk. Well, how can you drink milk when we're drinking martinis? Oh, I know. I'll drink milk, but I'll put an olive in it. <laughs> oh, Irma. He's here. Oh, he's here. Now, now, listen to me, Irma. I, I'm not worried. I, I'm not worried. I've, I've got confidence in you, and I know you'll do everything right, because if you don't, I think I'll kill myself and then you.
3: Now, you ready?
2: Okay. Irma, put the broom away. Come in.
6: I beg your pardon, but does Jane Stacy let... Li- oh, of course. Good evening, Jane. I didn't recognize you for a moment.
2: That's because she didn't take the curlers out of her hair. <laughs> How silly of me. Uh, Come in, come in, Mr. Rhinelander. May I present my roommate, Irma.
6: How do you do?
2: Hello. Irma, would you mind taking Mr. Rhinelander's hat? I can't. Why not? His head is still in it. (laughs) Oh,
6: oh, I'm sorry. Here it is.
2: Irma, now that you have Mr. Rhinelander's hat, would you mind taking the broom away from him? Oh, (laughs)
3: Irma,
2: now that you have the broom, would you mind taking Mr. Rhinelander's hat away from him? Won't you sit down, Mr. Rhinelander? Oh,
6: thank you, Jane, but you don't have to be so formal. My friends always call me Richard.
2: Thank you. Cigarette, Richard? Thank you. Match, Richard? Thank you. Ashtray,
6: Richard? Thank you. Cigarette, Irma? Thank you. Match, Irma? Thank you. Ashtray, Irma?
2: No, thank you. I don't smoke.
6: Ah, uh, you writers, you're all alike. Witty and eccentric.
2: Yes, I knew you'd like Irma's wit. It's so, uh, so natural.
3: Yes, so
6: I noticed. My, what a charming apartment you have here. When will the remodeling be finished?
2: Remodeling? <laughs> You're modeling, this is it. Yes, yes, it's small. It's small, but our neighbors are so interesting. Uh, artists, writers, uh, musicians, you know. For instance, there's a very famous violinist who lives downstairs. He's uh, Professor Kropotkin.
6: Kropotkin? Kropotkin?
2: Yeah, he plays in the Paradise Burlesque.
6: <laughs>
2: uh, have you ever been there?
6: Well, I don't think so.
2: Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, you wouldn't have seen him anyway because he plays a violin under the runway. Yes, uh, a lot of our neighbors are eccentric, but they're all artistic.
6: Oh, I know what you mean. A charming environment.
2: Yes. You know, it's hot in here. I think I'll open the window.
1: Hey, Mrs. Flanagan! Did you hear the news about Johnny O'Toole downstairs? Last night he came home, roaring drunk, and scrambling up the
3: stairs.
2: <laughs> Shall we go in to dinner? If I live to be the oldest woman in the United States and Canada, I'll never forget that dinner. It started off with Irma taking from the right and serving from the left. She also did a little dropping in the middle. (laughs) And Mr. Rhinelander looked very fetching wearing a hamburger over his right eye. (laughs) Then we got to the dessert. And it seems that Irma had put the dessert in the wrong tray in the icebox. It was the first time I'd ever tasted cauliflower sherbet. <laughs> so much for the food. The conversation was a monster in its own right. Richard said, uh,
6: Fortunately, I've been able to travel considerably. Irma, do you like to travel?
2: And Irma said. Oh, yes, it's really the only way to get any place. <laughs> over and we decided to have our coffee in the living
6: room. Well, Jane, that was an excellent dinner. Thank you. Wonderful food.
2: That's nothing unusual. We always have food for dinner.
6: (laughs) Oh, Irma, you have a priceless wit, hasn't she, Jane?
2: She has? Oh, yes, she has. You know, Mr. Rylander, I envy Jane working for you.
6: Yes, the investment business can be exciting, but you know... I wish I had more time for sports.
2: Oh, you do love sports, don't you, Richard?
6: Yes, I don't like to brag or appear stuffy, but at college I won my letter in six different sports.
2: Oh, isn't that wonderful? And weren't you voted the the best-looking man on the campus?
6: Oh, well, Jane, that was only kid stuff. But getting back to sports, since going into business with Dad, he sort of kept me hopping. You know how the office is, but... Jane, with you being the capable secretary you are, I... I've been able to find some time for squash and badminton at the athletic club. Oh, well, personally,
2: I love golf. It's such an exciting game, and yet it's so simple.
6: Yes, but you know, tennis has a dash of that same excitement.
2: Uh, I swim, ride horseback, play tennis, bowl, and shoot pool.
6: Irma, do do you really do all those things?
2: No, but I have to keep up my end of the conversation. More coffee, Richard?
6: No, thank you. I think
2: you're wise. Coffee does keep one awake.
6: Yes, coffee does have that effect on me. How about you, Irma?
2: They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. (laughs) Irma, we know you're in the conversation, dear. Just take it easy. Well, okay, I think I'll open the window. No, don't, no, Irma, the window, no. No. Chilly out tonight, isn't it, Richard? Well, now let's get down to business. When are you two going to get married, Irma? Oh, Richard, I, I really don't know what to say. Well, I... Irma,
6: really, I I'm, I'm very fond of Jane, but of course you know there's my father.
2: Your father let him get his own girl. <laughs> Irma. Oh, come in.
5: Hi, folks.
2: What a surprise. Look, Jane, it's Al. The next sound you hear is Jane Stacy blowing her brains out. Al, well, I'd like you to meet Richard Rhinelander III. Richard, this is my boyfriend, Al.
6: How do you
5: do? Well, hiya, Richard. Heard a lot about you. Richard, wouldn't you care to go to a movie or something? Oh, no sense in breaking up the party. Let's sit around and chew the fat.
2: Richard's not hungry, Al. We just finished dinner. <laughs> Well,
5: Rich, what's new on the street? The street? Yeah, you know, the exchange. Oh, well, cotton was a little slow this past week. Uh Uh-huh. Knew it. What about steel? It's a little off. I knew it. Richard, you can see for yourself the handwriting's on the wall. Really? You gotta get out of Wall Street. I do? Oh, absolutely. Sure, you could plug along, making a million here and a million there, but have you got security?
3: (laughs)
6: Well, Al, I'm pretty satisfied with the investment business, and I think there's a great future in it for me. Granddad was president, and then father became president, and soon I'll be president. You see what I mean, Irma?
5: Yeah, the whole family's in a rut. But it's not too late, Rich. There's a place for you in my organization.
2: Richard, let's go to a movie. No, Jane, let him talk. This whole thing may develop into a
5: merger. Merger? You're right, Irma. Richard, I'm going to make a big man out of you. How would you like to team up with me?
6: Well, I now listen
5: to me, Richard. Well... Here's the plan. We've a chance to corner the market on surplus rip We'll go out into the open market, buy short, sell long.
3: Wonderful.
2: Jane, the evening's going just like I planned. The boys are in there getting along beautifully. Beautifully. If Richard reaches for his wallet. He'll shake hands with Al. <laughs> Jane! Now, listen to me, Irma. You've ruined me. I should never have moved in with you. But Jane... Don't but Jane me. But I thought I th- don't care what you thought. You've ruined everything. Imagine his coming from his mansion on Park Avenue to this dump. Now, to top it off, your your boyfriend, Al, is trying to sell him ripcord. But Jane, Al's only trying to fix it so he has security. Irma, I've got news for you. Richard Rhinelander third has $5 million. He hasn't even counted yet. But after he counts it, what then? He'll be in a rut. By inviting him to dinner tonight, you've just ruined me. Now, I'm going back in there, apologize, quit my job, and spend the night at the YWCA. But, Jean, are you a member? No, but
5: I'll join.
2: <laughs> Another thing. The next time we meet on the street, I only want you to say one thing. Goodbye.
5: Will General Motors go for it? Richard, their tongues are hanging out for Ripcord. Well, Al, Richard, I really don't... I mean...
2: Don't... I mean, Mr. Rhinelander, I... I can't tell you how sorry I am. I...
6: Sorry? About what?
2: Oh, you know, bringing you down here and having you meet people like Al and Irma. Why, and...
6: Jane, you've I... nothing to be sorry about. I'm delighted to have met two such real people as Al and Irma.
2: And we're delighted to have met a millionaire with money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Irma, how could you?
6: Now, now, leave her alone, Jane. That's what I like about Irma and Al. They're so natural and honest.
5: Oh, Dickie,
6: thank you for that vote of
5: confidence. Gee,
2: I'm so happy for you, Mr. Rhinelander. Now you can have security.
6: You see, Jane...
2: You see, Richard, you see, you were so wealthy and you live on Park Avenue and everything, and I thought you were coming here. Well, Well, I tried to impress you, and I guess I've just been a fool. Well, I don't know what to say.
6: Well, I'd like to say thank you, Jane, for a splendid evening. I like your apartment, and I think Al and Irma are swell. And Al, if you've got time, I want you to drop into the office and maybe we can go into your ripcord proposition at length. Well, I've got to run along now. Goodbye, Jane, and please invite me again real soon. Oh,
5: goodbye, Richard.
6: Well, got
5: to run now.
2: Where are you going, honey? Where am I going?
5: Now i got to see where I can get hold of some ripcord.
2: Oh, that's my friend Al. And that's my friend Irma.
1: My Friend Irma was written and directed by Cy Howard. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The system presents a new comedy.
2: My Friend Irma.
1: Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. With John Brown as Al and Life Erickson as Richard.
4: Friendship, friendship, just a perfect blendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs will still be Hot. hot.
2: opposites attract. And I live with an opposite, my friend Irma. Now, don't get me wrong, I love that girl, but where Irma is concerned, the question is, how far can the opposite go? By the time we went to the movies, and right in the middle of the show, I noticed Irma reading. Irma, I said, why are you reading instead of looking at the screen? And she said, well, everybody tells me the book is better than the picture. <laughs> I to complain, Irma gets along with everybody, even her boss. Uh, John J. Clyde, attorney at law? Miss Peterson speaking. Oh, he's busy on the other phone, but I'll give him the message. Yes, important, urgent, matter of life and death? Oh, yes, I've got it all down. I'll tell him immediately. Gee, I got it all down except for one thing. I should have asked who it was. <laughs> oh, well, all in a day's work, there'll be other calls. And now to finish this dictation. Dear Miss Irma Peterson. Isn't that strange? Someone with a name just like mine. Uh, This is to inform you that you are fired. Oh, that poor Miss Peterson. Miss Peterson? Uh, Yes, Mr. Clyde. Did
7: you read that letter? You're fired.
2: Me? Yes, yes, you. But the letter said, Dear Miss Peterson you never called me dear before. (laughs) It just shows you the minute you let the boss get familiar with you, you're out of a job.
7: (laughs) Miss Peterson, will you please go?
2: All right, but I don't think it's fair.
7: Fair, fair. Miss Peterson, for the life of me, I don't know what goes on in that head of yours when I give you legal dictation.
2: Was something wrong? Wrong?
7: Why, if I hadn't checked the last batch of letters you typed, Senator Adams would be lobbying in Reno with Mrs. Park... And I would be suing President Truman for a divorce.
2: (laughs)
4: Now get out. You're through. You're fired.
2: Then there's no hope for a raise.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Raise, Miss Peterson, will you please go?
2: All right, but don't think I'm worried about losing my job. You see, I don't have to work. I have a roommate who will take care of me because... She's got a steady job and works for a boyfriend, so she can never get fired. Richard Rhinelander Investments, Miss Stacy speaking. Yes, yes, I'll check on it immediately. Richard, uh, Mr. Gerard just called. Don't
7: forget Mr. Gerard, Jane. What's this nonsense about you resigning from your job?
2: Well, Richard, I think my letter of resignation speaks for itself. But why? Richard, I've come to the conclusion that it's better to be the boss's wife and worry about the secretary than be the secretary and worry about being the boss's wife.
7: (laughs) Jane, Jane, our personal life has nothing to do with our business relationship.
2: Richard, I'm sorry. In this case, it does. In fact, your entire office force is getting a new occupational disease. Keyhole squat and transomitis. (laughs) Every time I come out of your office, somebody's either standing up or getting down.
7: That's just idle office gossip.
2: Well, it's embarrassing both to me and to you, and it's bound to reach the ears of your father, Richard. So I quit.
7: But how will you make a living, Jane?
2: Well, fortunately Irma has a good, steady job. She'll take care of me like any other. <laughs> well, six o'clock came, and I said goodbye to Richard. Went home feeling pretty low, but not as low as I might have felt if Mr. Phillips in the office across the hall hadn't stopped me. He gave me some extra work that I could do for him at home. Won't keep me in sables, but at least I won't be a burden on Irma. In fact, I don't think I'll even tell her. I'll just get my old typewriter from the closet and I'll start working tonight. She's not home yet. Well, that's good. I won't tell her I lost my job until I've had a chance to talk it over with Al. He always knows the right thing to do. Oh, hello, Irma. Hi, Jane. How'd things go today at the office, Irma? Um, pretty good. How'd things go with you, Jane? Um, pretty good. What's new with you? Um, nothing. What's new with you? Nothing. As long as we're speaking about nothing, where's Al? I haven't seen him for quite a while Oh, Al's working uh, That is, uh, uh, he's got a job Al's working? When did he start? Tomorrow Tomorrow? Well, why hasn't he been around? Well, he's been staying in bed all week preparing for it <laughs> Al working You know the age of miracles has come to pass? Honey, I'm going to go down to the drugstore for a minute. And by the way, I may keep you up late tonight because I'm going to do some extra work. Well, Jean, I wouldn't do that. You know the old saying, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And Richard would be jealous if he found out about Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll keep it a secret. Gee, now that Al has a job, maybe he'll accept my proposal. (laughs) Uh, Come in.
5: Hi, chicken.
2: Oh, hello, Al. I didn't expect you so early. I had to
5: get out of bed. The landlady wanted to change the linen.
2: (laughs) Uh, Al, how's your new job working out?
5: Perfect. I quit.
2: (laughs) But you haven't started yet.
5: Honey, I've been thinking it over. I go to work, right? Somebody has to pack my lunch so I marry you. They work me like a dog. I come home, I'm irritable. We quarrel, then we fight. First thing you know, we're throwing things at each other. Finally you get hit, you fall to the floor crying. No, Irma, no. For a little thing like a job, it ain't worth it to make you miserable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Al, you're a real gentleman. Any other fellow would take the job and make me miserable.
5: Well, I'm glad you see it my way, kid.
2: Oh, I do, Al. Gee, it's a small world, isn't it?
5: What do you mean, it's a small world?
2: Oh, the day before you quit your job, I get fired.
5: Fired? What happened, Chicken? Did the boss get fresh?
2: Oh, no, Al. Everything between us was strictly Potomac.
5: Chicken, this is a problem. we got to find the answer.
2: Well, the important thing to me, Al, is, is not to be a burden to Jane.
5: Honey, I know exactly how you feel. All we got to do is promote some ready capital for you. Well, gee, Al, how do you do that? Well, there are several ways. You can go to the bank and borrow on your collateral... Or you can take the collateral right to a hawk shop and cut out the (laughs) middleman.
2: Gee, pawn things?
5: Uh Uh-huh. Now, what have you got of value that could get you ready money?
2: Well, the only expensive things I own are the ones you've given me. Uh, Like that plaster statue of Venus de Milo with a clock in her stomach. (laughs) Uh, I'd,
5: I'd hate to part with that, though, because you said it was imported. Oh, certainly it was imported, honey. Because don't you remember when I gave it to you? I told you it was plaster of Paris. Came from France, you know. But that's too sentimental. Uh, What else?
2: Well, of course, Al, if it's necessary. There's that 10-carat diamond ring you gave me. You said that was worth thousands.
5: Uh, Well, honey, uh, I bought at the peak. The way the diamond market has collapsed today, we'd be lucky to get a buck for it.
2: my red silk World's Fair pillow? Nothing. Uh, half a Mahjong set?
5: Half of nothing. Uh,
2: Jane's typewriter?
5: Hold it, chicken. You don't have to go any further. You got a gold mine there. We'll pawn the typewriter.
2: But, Al, do you think we'd be doing the right thing pawning Jane's typewriter?
5: Chicken, that's finance. You gotta take chances. How do you think the rich get rich? They buy everything wholesale. <laughs> No, 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 honey. They invest their money and make it work for them. Uh, Give me the phone.
2: Who are you going to call?
5: Who am I going to call? The one man who can make us rich. Joe. Hello, Joe. Al. Why didn't I call you? I was considering a job. All right, Joe, stop yelling. I've seen the error of my ways. Joe, I'm going to pawn a typewriter. We'll have some ready cash. What do you have that's a good investment? The Brooklyn Bridge. No, no, Joe. This is for personal friends. Uh Uh Uh-huh. 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 Sounds like a big deal. I'll be right over and bring the door.
2: Well, I finished my shopping, bought my typewriter ribbon, and when I get back to the apartment, I'm going to take a nice warm bath and get down to work. And since it looks as if I'll be able to pay my own way, I might as well tell Irma about losing my job. So I told her, and she said, Huh? Yes, honey. Why should you seem so startled at the news? Gee, I hope you don't think I'll be a burden on you just because I haven't got a steady job. Oh, no, Jane, you're my friend. You can share my clothes and my perfume, and if you want, you can even share Al with me. Don't overdo it, kid. (laughs) Jane, I don't want you to worry about losing your job. Relax. You can lean on me like the rock of Gibraltar. (laughs) Thanks, honey. I appreciate it. Oh, I know you do because I know what it means to a girl to know she's living with a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sweetie, but you won't have to share the entire burden because tonight I'm getting out my old typewriter and start working to pay my share. By the way, where is the typewriter? Huh? (laughs) The typewriter. You know the one. Oh, I know, I know. It's in the closet. Well, I guess I'll go and take my bath. Later, I'm going to type. Honey, would you mind getting the typewriter out for me and putting in the ribbon? Huh? Irma, I'm only mentioning the fact that I want to use the typewriter, and you keep saying, Huh? Why these huhs? Huh? <laughs> well, it, it's been a privilege to sit in on this conversation. If you'll excuse me, I think I'll go and take a bath. Oh, uh, Jane, uh, honey, be careful and try not to splash any water on the floor. It's still dinner time, and the man downstairs may be eating dinner. Okay. Okay, I'll take it easy.
3: Ha, ha, wah, wah.
2: Now come in.
5: Hi, chickens.
2: Jane's taking a bath.
5: Again. That day makes up holidays.
2: Oh, Al, something
5: terrible has happened. Jane's out of work. This is disgusting. What kind of people am I mingling with?
2: Well, uh, but something else terrible has happened. Jane needs the typewriter. When? Well, she's going to want to use it right after she finishes her bath.
5: Oh, well, don't worry, baby. Saw Joe. Gave him the cash I got from pawnin' the typewriter to invest. The money's working for us. All we got to do is sit here so that when Jane comes out of the bathroom, we can tell her she's welcome. That must be Joe with the good news. Honey, stretch out your arms. I want to measure you for a mink coat. Hello? Oh, Joe, what's the good word? Need bail? (laughs) Joe, what happened? Cops broke up the game. Joe! Joe, listen! Oh, you can't talk. They're taking it all down. Understand. Uh, by the way, remember, if they ask, you never saw me before. So long.
2: Oh, well, Al, what happened? What happened to Joe?
5: Wait till I take off my hat and bow my head, and I'll tell you.
2: Well, what is it, Al? Chicken,
5: as it must come to all men, the sheriff came to Joe. <laughs>
1: Now it's the King's Men with Lud Gluskin and his orchestra and their arrangement of Little Liza Jane. I got a gal and you got
4: none. Little Liza
3: Jane.
1: I got a gal and you got none. Little Liza Jane.
4: She's so pretty I do declare. Little Liza Jane. With big brown eyes and wavy hair. Little Liza Jane. Oh, Little Liza, Little Liza Jane. Oh, Little Liza, Little Liza Jane. Up my love, and marry me. Little, little Liza, Liza, Liza Jane, Jane, see how happy we will be. My little Liza, Jane, I'll go buy a wedding ring. Little Liza, little Liza, Jane, we'll be married in the spring. My little Liza, Jane. Oh, Eliza, little Eliza oh, Jane. Oh, Eliza, little Eliza Jane. Then one day in the middle of May, little Eliza Jane, away she ran with a traveling man who stole my Liza, Jane. Oh Eliza, when I heard the news, Oh Eliza, I got the blues. Had the blues so awful bad, I jumped aboard a train, made up my mind to try to find my one. little Eliza Jane. Way down south in Tennessee, I got off the train. Who was waiting there for me but little Eliza Jane? Oh. Man, sheep, sheep, Liza Now we live in Baltimore me and Liza Jane. Lots of chillin' round the door, just like Liza. Liza Jane, Liza Jane, how oh, I love my Liza! Liza.
2: Eight o'clock, and I decided that if I wanted to make any headway, I'd better get started with my typing. As I entered the room, Irma was reading last week's newspaper. Irma likes to read old newspapers. That way she can always predict what's already happened. <laughs> I noticed that there was something different about the room. The sofa on which Irma had draped herself had been moved directly in front of the closet door in which I kept my typewriter. I said, Irma? Uh, yes, Jane. Why'd you move the sofa? The sofa? Uh, Think it... fast, Irma. Well, uh, I don't want the sofa in front of the piano. I mean, I don't want the sofa in front of the phone because I don't like people talking behind my back. Mm. <laughs> Irma, you didn't move the sofa in front of the closet because there's something in there you don't want me to see. Oh, that isn't the reason. It's because there's something in that closet I don't want you to see that isn't there. <laughs> Now, just let me think calmly. This is the first time in six months that I've wanted to use the typewriter. So what is the most logical thing to expect? Irma, where did Al pawn the typewriter? (laughs) (laughs) Why, Jane Stacy, how can you say that? Where did Al pawn the typewriter? Al has pride. You know he'd never tell me. So you let him take the one thing that I depended upon to see me through this crisis? Well, don't say the one thing. Al considered everything. I was even willing to pawn the genuine pearl necklace he gave me. Why didn't you? Well, you know, when you take it out of the icebox, it melts. (laughs) Okay, Irma, okay. I was afraid of being a burden to you, but now that you've taken the uh, tools of my trade away from me, I'm not going to get another job. I'm just going to let you support me. Irma, you can work for two. Jane, I can't even work for one. What do you mean? I've been fired. (coughs) Fired? Alma, how did that happen? I don't know. I'd write a letter, then I'd have to write another letter explaining what I wrote. (laughs) Then my boss, Mr. Clyde, would have to write another letter apologizing for my explanation. (laughs) Oh, honey, well, why didn't you tell me? Well, I figured two can live as cheap as none. Besides, there's Al. Yeah, I see what you mean by none. (laughs) Well, now I understand everything, honey, but why did you pawn the typewriter? Well, we wanted to make some money to take care of you. You see, Joe had a good proposition. Uh Uh-oh, Joe again. And something, no doubt, happened to Joe's deal? Yes, while he was dealing. Jane. What?
3: What?
2: Are you angry at me? How could I be, darling? You were thinking, and whenever that happens, we have to be satisfied with pot luck.
5: Hi, chicken. Hello, Janie.
2: Well, if it isn't King Midas, everything he touches turns to three gold balls.
5: Now, wait a minute, Janie. Don't get angry. I'm sorry for what I've done, and I realize if I was a lawyer, I would be disbarred. If I was a doctor, they'd take my license away.
2: Well, what about it?
5: just wanted you to know you're not dealing with a professional man.
2: (laughs) Oh, well, there's really no need for any explanations. I know you're sorry. I suppose it's my fault as much as anybody's. I shouldn't have quit my job in the first place. Imagine me wanting you and Irma to take care of me. (laughs) You know, that's one of the silliest, most terrifying thoughts I've ever had. You feel badly about losing your job, huh, Jane? Well, I feel badly about quitting when I didn't have to. Now we're all in a bad financial mess. I think I'll go out and get some air and try and think this thing out. Oh, this is terrible. Jane's out of work, and I'm out of work, and you're out of work, and no money coming in. and.
5: Honey, let us carefully analyze the situation and see what can be done. Now, as I see it, there are three things we can do. First, there's a chance of me getting a job so we immediately go to number two. (laughs) That is your chance of getting a job. This takes us to number three. That's Jane.
2: Well, but she quit, and there's no going back now. You know, Al, once you burn your britches behind you.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, honey, honey, you heard what Jane said. She's sorry. That girl wants to work. All right, so she's eccentric. But... Who are we to stand in her way?
2: Oh, but Al, Believe
5: I... me, Irma, Jane will never be happy. Nor will we, until we get that job back for her. Oh,
2: but how? I don't even know why she quit. Maybe she had a quarrel with Richard that developed into a misunderstanding.
5: Well, there's only one way to find out. We'll call up Richard and straighten him out.
2: Oh, no, Ella, I don't think that would be right.
5: Gotcha, honey. Forget it. We won't call Richard. Instead, we'll call his father.
2: That seems more logical.
5: Well, certainly. You don't deal with messenger boys. You go right to the top, honey. Well, Al, do you think it'll work? Can't miss. He's the top man. And when you want a job back, always go to the top man. It gives you dignity. Besides, when he throws you out, you don't feel like such a bum.
2: (laughs) Oh, gee, Al, I'm so glad I have you to do my thinking for me because thinking gives me a headache. I also read that it makes your hair fall out, so I try not to think too much.
5: Swell, honey.
2: Because I know you'd never be happy
5: with a bald headed girl with a headache.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Operator, I want hilltop five well, eight.
2: That's a long distance call.
5: Oh, why don't you tell me? <laughs> Operator, I was cut off. Get my number back immediately. Yes, it was Hilltop
2: 5829 Gee, yeah, I'm nervous, Al Don't
5: be nervous, chicken You talk to him and I'll tell you what to say Here, take the receipt
2: Okay, Al Gee, wouldn't Jane be tickled if she knew what we were doing for her? <clears throat> Hello? I'm um, Mr. Rhinelander II
5: Your name is Jane Stacy and you worked for him a long time
2: My name is Jane Stacy and I worked for you a long time Al, I'm not Jane Stacy. Never mind. See what I tell you.
5: You're a reliable girl, and you've been with a firm ever since it's been established.
2: I'm an established girl, and I've been with your firm ever since it's been reliable.
5: Don't. <laughs> Hold it, chicken.
2: Hold it, chicken.
3: No.
5: <laughs> You're a good typist. You never make a mistake. And what is more, you go out with his son.
2: I'm a good typist. I go out with your son. What is more, I never make any mistakes. You're all wet, Chicken. You're all wet, Chicken.
5: He shouldn't have fired
2: you. Al says you shouldn't have fired me. And what is more... Guess what, Al? What? He hung up.
5: Well, he's a busy man. But don't worry, Chicken. I'm sure you made an impression on
2: him. walking on air. I knew the only way to solve my problem was just to face it. So I called up Richard, and in two minutes, we both realized how foolish we'd been. Now I have the job back, and I have Richard back, and if there's anything nicer than that, Santa Claus will just have to bring it. So I couldn't wait to get back to the apartment and say, Irma... Uh, Yes, Jane? Irma, listen, honey, forget everything I said. Our troubles are over. I got my job back. Listen to her, Al. She got her job back. Little does
5: she know who got her job back.
2: What are you two up to? Oh, never mind. You'll find out, and someday you'll thank us. Come in.
7: Richard, what are you doing here? I haven't any place to go. My father won't even let me in the house.
2: I, 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 I don't understand. Jane, why
7: didn't you tell me you'd called my father? Me? I knew you were angry at me for a while, but but you didn't have to tell him all those weird things that you were established and made no mistakes when you went out with me. (laughs) What? Well, what is more, he's still my father. You have no right to call him chicken.
5: Uh, it's, uh, getting a little stuffy in here. I think I'll drift along.
2: Do that and keep drifting. Richard, I didn't make the call. Please try to understand. I just... Oh, Irma, how could you? I was only trying to help. Only trying to help. Irma, if you and that that fugitive from an employment office ever meddle in my affairs again, I'd... Irma, can't you see what you've done to me?
7: Jane, there's only one thing we can do. Let's go over and explain everything to my father, if only for my sake.
2: Yes, all right, Richard. Oh, please, Jane, give me a chance to explain. I didn't mean any harm. I only wanted to. Oh, she's angry at me. She hates me. Oh, gee, they've all gone. I wish I were a man so I could feel like a forgotten man. (laughs) But I deserve it because I made Jane unhappy. And even Al has left me. There's only one thing to do. Where's the pencil? To whom it may concern. To whom it may concern. Do not drag the river for my body as I have hung myself.
3: <laughs>
2: Signed guess who? (laughs) P.S. Don't tell Al he
3: worries.
2: (laughs) Richard! Richard, did you hear that? It's ridiculous. Oh, no, it isn't, Richard. I'm I'm
7: terribly frightened. You don't know Irma. But only someone out of her mind would do that. I
2: said you don't know Irma. (laughs) Richard, what, 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 what do we do? Jane, if
7: you're really worried, I, I think it's best to call the police.
2: Yes, the police. You're right, Richard. The police. Oh dear, she'd, she'd only waited to hear the news that we'd straightened everything out with your father. Oh, now, don't I... worry, dear. Oh, I can't help it.
7: Operator, oh, no, operator, give me police headquarters.
2: Isn't there any word from the police yet?
5: I'm going to go out of my mind. Now be calm,
7: Jane. They'll oh, find her. I'm
5: telling you both, you're on the wrong track. We gotta use the same tactics they use with all my friends. Offer a reward.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, heavens, I'm afraid it's too late. Oh, Irma. Irma. Did someone call me? Irma! Chicken! Oh, honey. Oh, Irma. Oh, gee. I'm so glad to see you. I never expected to see you again. Neither did I. Oh. Listen, honey, no matter how much I yell at you, you must never toy with such ideas. We love you. Well, Jane, I felt so unwanted that I wanted to... But it's all right now because, you see, before I could do anything, uh, I I met my old boss, Mr. Clyde. He begged me to come back to work. Why? Didn't he hire a new girl? Oh, he tried ten of them, and they all sat around. But none of them could figure out what I wrote in the past two years. (laughs) peaceful again, and once more there were two breadwinners in the flat. But one thing still kind of troubled me, and so that night after we'd said our prayers, I said to Irma, Honey, tell me something. How did Al get the money to get my typewriter back? He sold my genuine pearls. But you said he couldn't take them out of the icebox. I know. He sold the icebox, too. (laughs) Well, that's my friend
1: Irma. My friend, Irma, was written and directed by Cy Howard. Remember, next week, instead of dialing your telephone to listen to your best friend, dial your radio to this same Columbia station, same time to listen to...
2: My friend, Irma.
1: Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane, with John Brown as Al and Life Erickson as Richard. Songs were by the King's Men, with the music of Led Glaston and his orchestra. Corey Webster speaking. This is CBS, Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: guys that does it for miss murray wilson and kathy lewis with john brown as al and like ferrickson as richard in the cbs comedy show my friend irma if you guys have liked my show so far please comment and subscribe i am now available on apple podcast google podcast spotify Podcast Attic and many others. I hope you guys will subscribe and share my podcast. And stay tuned as tomorrow night we have Miss Agnes Moorhead, Nancy Kelly, Claire Trevor, Miriam Hopkins, and Ida Lupino in the Tale of the Sisters. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, and joining me later on during the week will be such stars as Lucille Oval and many others. Please comment and subscribe if you guys have enjoyed the show. Thanks.